Listener Production. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to The Scorecard. I'm Liam Flanagan, and this is your fast, fun hit of sport for Monday the 30th of May. Today, Brad Fittler dropped some big shocks in his Game 1 State of Origin Blue squad, a giant starter spent time on the sidelines fighting a challenge much bigger than footy, and Dan Ricciardo's hopes at the Monaco Grand Prix rely on bad weather and good luck. So did he get it? But first... Australia was one right away from ticking off another item on our sporting bucket list this morning, the Giro d'Italia. Never heard of it. The Giro d'Italia is one of cycling's three grand tours, along with the Vuelta a España and the Tour de France. Now, most people would remember the time an Aussie claimed the famous Melon Jaune, aka the yellow jersey, as the overall winner of the Tour de France. There is the man who's won the Tour de France, the first to congratulate Cadell Evans, the first Australian to win the Tour de France. It's going to be a big night in Australia tonight. They're all up watching the first ever Australian to win the Tour de France. And this morning, 26-year-old Jai Hindley from Perth took a 1 minute and 25 second lead into the final stage time trial of the Grand Tour in Verona. Hindley wore the race leader's Maglia Rosa, or pink jersey, and had to do little more than avoid crashing to become the first Aussie to win the Giro. So, can we tick the box? For Jai Hindley, a dream is about to go into beautiful fulfilment. From down under to the very, very top in Italy. On the streets of Verona, right outside the famous Roman amphitheatre. Vedi, Vidi, Hindley. He wins the Giro d'Italia. It has happened. You bet we can. Hinley's 15th place finish in the final day time trial was enough for him to hold off pre-race favourite Richard Carapaz and become just the second Aussie behind Cadell to win a cycling grand tour. I think it's the most beautiful trophy I've ever seen and definitely the most beautiful trophy I've ever held. So, yeah, it's a, it's a real honour and a privilege to get my name on here. And, uh, yeah, amongst these names, it's, it's really incredible and uh, it's, it's a beautiful moment for me. It's a big one for the whole country, Joe. Well done. For the first time as the coach of Queensland, Billy Slater will announce the Maroon squad for Game 1 of the State of Origin series today. They always remember the first time. But last night, Brad Fittler heading into his fifth series as the coach of New South Wales dropped his Game 1 team and with it, a couple of big surprises. Surprise! Two massive names have been left out of this New South Wales team with Josh Adokar and Jake Trebojevic both missing out on selection. It means that Daniel Tupo will earn a recall to the Origin Arena. Manly's Jake Trebojevic and Canterbury Bankstown's Josh Adokar have both been staples of Fittler's New South Wales team since he took over as coach in 2018. But Freddie has made no apologies for his selection, particularly the decision to opt for Roosters winger Daniel Tupu over Adokar. Well, I'm surprised that people would be surprised. Uh, he's pretty much been the best winger for a number of years. He's always on my radar. I've coached Toops in the City team and State of Origin uh, previously, and I've always loved him being part of my teams. With both incumbent centres Latrell Mitchell and Tom Trebojevic injured and unavailable for Game 1, Fittler will hand their boost to Brisbane's Katoni Staggs and Penrith Stephen Crichton as the Blues' new centre pairing, while Nico Hollins, Ryan Madison, Jacob Saifidi and Joseph Suwali are all part of the extended squad who would be popping their origin cherry if they were picked for Game 1. It's my first time. So Freddie and New South Wales will bring some new energy into the origin arena for Game 1. Over to you, Billy in Queensland. Bobby Hill is providing the inspiration. That's a brilliant goal. 
and the Giants are finally on the board through Bobby Hill. GWS Giants Bobby Hill is a dynamic small forward who is capable of the magical and the miraculous on the footy field. And at 22 years of age, he's set to dazzle us footy fans for many years to come. But he's going on a brief hiatus from the game for a much bigger challenge. Our thoughts with Bobby Hill. He's been diagnosed with testicular cancer. The Giants disclosed that this morning. He played, yes, they kicked one of the first goals. Just for some football context, I know that Bobby's going to have surgery this week. I've spoken to his manager, Colin Young, this morning, and he's still hopeful, hopeful, health the main priority, that he could play later this season. And um, and beyond that, he's very optimistic about his footy career. So our thoughts with Bobby Hill today. That's a tough battle that he faces, but I do understand that going into too much detail, that it's treatable and he'll have treatment this week. Hill will be unavailable for an indefinite period as he undergoes surgery and then awaits medical clearance from his diagnosis of testicular cancer. Despite being given the bad news during the week, Hill made the decision to still play at the Giants' eventual loss to the Brisbane Lions on Saturday night. Why? Well, you know, support the team. There's no doubt that Hill's teammates at the Giants will wrap their arms around him, but the AFL community as a whole also knows how to rally around players in this specific circumstance. With Carlton Sam Doherty having made a comeback to the game this year after battles with testicular cancer and North Melbourne veteran Ben Cunnington still making strides to return after the same diagnosis. But for now, to Bobby and his family, I wish you a speedy recovery and ongoing good health. Dan Ricardo has had just about a career-worst season in F1 today. I feel like I'm in some sort of awful dream. He's been unable to find any synergy in his McLaren while his teammate Lando Norris in the same car continues to impress the powers that be. And such has been Ricardo's underwhelming season that speculation continues to grow that McLaren might decide to move Ricardo on, despite having another year to go on his contract. I'm afraid I'm going to lose my job right now. And after a nightmare qualifying session, Ricardo had to start all the way back in 14 on the grid for last night's Monaco Grand Prix. For those unaware, Monaco is a street circuit which offers the drivers sweet bugger all opportunities to overtake. So Dan's only hope of success rested on one thing. Play for wind, play for rain. And rain he got as it bucketed down, forcing a delayed start to the race. It does look like the rain is getting heavier once again. Heavy rain now, and a lot of water generally. Copy. Unfortunately for Ricardo, the chaos never arrived in front of him, and he limped home to finish 13th, out of the points once again. And while the whispers about Ricardo's future now turn into a dull roar, Red Bull's Sergio Perez celebrated Grand Prix victory. Sergio Perez, who started in the top six here in Monaco for the first time ever, who has led a race in Monaco for the first time ever, who suffered disappointment in Barcelona last time out, and who has rebounded in some style to take his third victory in Formula One. It's Perez in the Principality. He wins the Monaco Grand Prix. And that is your fast, fun hit of sport to kickstart a new week. I'm Liam Flanagan. Catch you tomorrow on the scorecard. Listener.